0: do people become CEOs? How do they really spend their time? And if you're not one already, how might you become a CEO? My name's Matt Crabtree, I'm the founder of a management consulting company called Positive Momentum and in this series of podcasts we're going to be asking CEOs from a range of industries tough questions about their past, present and of course their view on the future. We'll learn who influenced them most what they defend in their schedule at all costs, and the big changes they see coming up on their horizon. This is Meet the CEO. My guest today is Joanna Swash, Group CEO of multi-award-winning company Moneypenny, the world's leading outsourced communications provider, delivering telephone answering, live chat switchboard, and multi channel customer services. In the UK, Moneypenny has over 850 staff, with an additional 250 staff operating from its US headquarters in Atlanta. Moneypenny handles over 20 million customer communications a year for more than 21,000 businesses. Joanna, welcome to Meet the CEO. Thanks for
1: having me on the
0: programme. It's great to have you here. So as I mentioned, Moneypenny has been recognised many times, but particularly as a Sunday Times top 100 best company to work for uh, for consecutive years. But recently, uh, you were personally recognised by Management Today as their CEO of the year. So let me add to many others, I'm sure, in congratulating you on that accolade.
1: Thank you very much much. I'm particularly proud during the year that we've all had as well, so it meant extra.
0: Indeed so, indeed so. So as a CEO of the year, let me start by asking you the question we ask all of our guests. Why did you become a CEO?
1: And I will reply and say, I didn't set out to become a CEO. I just set out to become the best version of myself that I could possibly be, and I still believe I'm way off that um, accolade and also to lead a business that's the best it could be, delivering a great product for its customers. Um, I've been in the very fortunate position of being involved right from nearly the beginning into this business here. And although I'd had my own business in the past that actually failed, that I think really led me to push uh, myself and my own skill set at Moneypenny, starting in sales and working through a 16 year period, up through the ranks, And uh, yeah, lucky enough now to count myself as leading one of the best businesses around.
0: And that's a great story. And you know, it's very, it's a very familiar picture from other CEOs. It didn't necessarily set out to do it, but through a series of sometimes fortuitous and sometimes less than fortuitous events, you find yourself in that position to be able to build the kind of extraordinary business that you guys have and and many others around the world.
1: For me, it's all about working with, um, working with the founders or working with other people And if you're lucky enough to be working with people who truly respect you for your skill set, who recognize that other people can do a better job than them in certain areas of the business, and uh, and they're flexible and they trust you, and actually people with natural skill sets will rise through the ranks because they feel empowered, I suppose, and also um, that it's safe to make mistakes. And I think all the way through my journey from sales to CEO, I have been, I very much felt empowered But I've also felt very able to make a mistake, hold my hands up, apologize and move on. And I think
0: that's really important. Mm, Very well said, very well said. From sales to CEO. Sounds like there might be a book there perhaps in the future. Um, Let's let's discuss some of the specifics about your day to day as a group CEO. Uh, And let's start with the part of your day that is sacrosanct. What, What in your day do you defend at all costs, because like many CEOs, I'm sure there are many calls on your time.
1: Um, It's not particularly part of my day, but I think it's a mindset. If you're going to do something, be fully engaged with it and do it properly. It's all too easy to get distracted and thinking about things that you could or should be doing. So if you're going to have family time, then just go and enjoy it. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel bad. Trust your team that they're going to pick things up for you and go and have that downtime that you need now to me I, I would draw a circle in the air and say it's just up to us all to make life work and it doesn't really matter how you do that and every day every week is going to be different so rather than a particular day or a particular activity i will do what suits me and the business and my family at any one time um and make sure that yeah that it works for everybody in my life there's no point putting everybody else first we me at the bottom of the pile so at the end of the day it's my job to go and make sure that um I'm in a fit shape, I suppose, to um, to lead everybody else.
0: Yeah, good for you. I, I saw a really inspiring picture on LinkedIn, actually, a few maybe a few weeks ago, of you out horse riding. Um, I think during the week, uh, and and I think you were you used that as a way of making a statement about exactly that, right?
1: You, know, you, you can't be on all the time, can you? You're going to have to have off time. And we might be CEOs, but we're all human beings at the end of the day, and we're all exactly the same. We need to leave work behind. What I love about horse riding, it's a bit like skiing, is that um, you're out of control, so you've really got, you know, this horse doesn't care who you are, doesn't care that you might have a thousand people, if they don't want to do it, they won't. And so for me, that's a really good challenge. It's something, or somebody's going to turn around and say, "Uh, no. Um, And also, you can't be on your phone, you've got to concentrate, you can't get distracted, otherwise you're just going to come off. So I quite like that. It's forcing me just to go and enjoy the air,
0: Uh, good for you well the picture definitely you look like you were really enjoying it and i think you're absolutely right horse riding on the phone that's definitely not going to work um so let's let's talk about more challenging situations you might have encountered as a ceo and what you've learned from them i mean i'm sure like many others the pandemic has been um an extraordinary challenge but either in that or or potentially beyond that what's been most challenging for you and, and what have you learned from it in your time as group ceo
1: I think let's talk about the pandemic first, and then maybe we go into the wider picture. But what I learned from the pandemic was that I was so relieved that we had a culture here at Moneypenny where we give people the tools and resources and the framework to go and do a great job, and then we leave them alone and trust them to get on with it. I think if I'd have been a micromanaging style CEO where I had to have my finger on every single pulse making every decision getting every sign off I really don't know how people like that have coped and so it has been a challenging environment I have absolutely learned so much I've learned that you can have the biggest risk plan going but was global pandemic on it I remember saying to my husband with my hands on the head oh my goodness you know everything else almost had a plan for it but this one's just way out of my zone so yeah it's changed me as a leader it's given me so much more confidence um because we've done it we've traded well through the pandemic we have been brave and bold we created three mindsets um which was you can either hide survive or thrive now we were so used to operating in thrive mode um i definitely wasn't going to hide and we had to really pivot to get into that survive mode so um yeah very very interesting the other experience that i would also draw on is the changing how you have to change when you grow up through a business and how your behaviors have to change Um, a friend of mine said to me when i had the ceo role when i was moved from a sales director sales market director to ceo he said what are you going to do differently in this new job and i said my job is to do nothing it's to leave a room with no actions without promising anybody that I will do anything, because otherwise you're taking other people's actions off them. My best day is when I come in and have a blank desk and say what shall I do today, because that means I'm in creation mode, rather than micromanaging, looking at the detail. So the only thing I'm here for really is to, you know, work with the team on strategy but also make sure that they've got all the tools and resources that they need and that I am available when they need me, that I don't fill my diary up with so much rubbish it takes a week to get an appointment. If you need me, you've got my attention, you've got it now. And I think that's really important. Plus the fact it allows me to go back to my absolute passion, which is sales, business development, talking to customers, creating new networks and uh, yeah, just getting the brand out there
0: what a fabulous piece of advice that that person served you and 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 a good reminder for leaders at at many levels actually which is We do have a tendency, don't we, to fill our diaries with stuff and feel terribly industrious as a consequence and a long list of to-dos. And actually then the creative thinking, the progressive thinking, the space to be available somehow then seems almost like some sort of luxury, whereas you place it at the absolute core of your role. I think that's fantastic.
1: Absolutely is at the core of my role. And people come to me and say, I'm sorry, I've got a question. I know you're so busy. And I'll say... No, what you've got is so much more important than what I've got. I'm doing proactive things. You need me to react to a problem that you've got. That is a much greater priority than what I've got on my desk now.
0: Well, so it sounds like you've had some brilliant advice throughout your career. So who's most influenced you, Joanna, uh, during your, uh, your way up to Group CEO?
1: Um, through the pandemic, I made myself a promise. You know whenever, when you started to see the wheels come off and you think, hang on, there's something going on here. I made myself a promise that I would reach out to a different CEO or business chair every week. Somebody, I'll say random now, the people were listening. Oh, thanks very much. I was random. But there's no reason why I've chosen them. They might have been looking after great brands. They might have a really good reputation. They might be a friend of a friend. And so um, I reached out and I just said, Look, I'm going to share my dirty laundry. Tell us about yours. Let's swap horror stories. What's happened? And it was really, really refreshing to get their opinions, that they were so honest and it was one of those moments in time that you would give anybody your, your horror stories because none of us none of us had been prepared for this. It was definitely not our fault. You know sometimes as a leader when the wheels are coming off you think, oh no, what have I done? Well actually it's quite empowering to think I haven't done anything, I now need to employ my full skill set to go and get us out of this um, situation as best we can. So I think that was really empowering to go. So everybody else inspires me. I always think if you're in a room and learn one thing, it was good to be in the room. Don't be the, I'd never want to be the cleverest person in the room. I'd say I want to be the thickest person in the room where i just in the awe of all these other people and think, gosh, I can learn so much from you. I've also been really lucky to be part of um, numerous networking and groups, um, particularly in the property industry whereby you can listen to incredible leaders so all the way up through my career i've had this exposure i suppose to lots of different people talking different opinions different management styles and some of it you know some of it's not relevant but you'll take the bits that you want will not you it's like lego you'll put them all together uh, and hopefully build some kind of house i love um jim collins which is great that's been really inspiring for me In that there are many businesses in the same sector Mostly having the, ish the same product, but um, it's actually when you come down to it, what's the little thing that makes them different? What are those marginal incremental gains that's going to make you different and make you a standout business rather than the me too? Um, so that book's been inspirational, particularly on his flywheel. So uh, Jim Collins and the flywheel. You know, we've got our own moneypenny flywheel here, and also Matthew also Matthew Syed. Um, and the power of diverse thinking i love that book if you're going to get everybody the same in the room you're going to get exactly the same outcome and there's no diversity of it's about diversity of thought and experience i think is so so important Um, and the founders i was so lucky that i thought i would never be able to work for anybody else i'd had my own small business i didn't know you know i came to money painting it's great but i want to be here very long Um, And I found myself working for two really, really inspirational brother and sister um, who, you know, opened the doors and let me in. So so I'd have to say that they are my greatest inspiration uh, and they they still are.
0: It's really interesting because it sounds like you've had, you know, a degree of good fortune to work for founders like that, but you've also gone out and looked for other thinkers and been bold enough to just go and call some people up and say you know what's it been like for you and let's compare our dirty laundry i I love that i think we'd all probably like to hear the recordings of those conversations that you had because there'd be there'd be gems all over theirs but i i do think it's really interesting that you've been you know you've really sought out those you've gone and looked for that input and it is so important isn't it because otherwise you just wait and receive it that proactivity is clearly a core characteristic of yours Mm -hmm.
1: Is sit and do your job every day and not reach out and talk to other people you're never going to get any better and I also think I've got to set the example for my team I'm very much of the opinion as a leader you have to put people in a vacuum and get out of their way so it's up to me to grow and get out of everyone else's way so that they can step up into the vacuum I've left otherwise they're not going to go anywhere they're just banging against me all the time and, and that's no good for the scalability of the business going forward.
0: Well, let's talk about that scalability and let's talk about team. Obviously, you were a member of the executive team at Money Paddy and then found yourself running it. What's the secret for you to an effective executive team?
1: Um, Wait and recruit the right people. You know, gut feel rules the day. Um, That personality is absolutely critical. You know, you've got to trust somebody ultimately we are trusting each other with our own financial investments with our futures with our our family's future and so you have to trust that circle of people particularly when you're the kind of manager leader that i am is that i give them flexibility just to get on with it there's no point giving somebody the and empowering them if you can't actually trust them so i want to see honesty i want to see people who could admit their mistakes proactively admit their mistakes my um coo says there's only one thing joanna doesn't like and that's a surprise you know don't give me surprises tell me the truth let's let's fix it together um it doesn't matter what's gone wrong if we're not making mistakes it means we're not pushing hard enough i want people that treat each other with respect and kindness no corporate politics no backstabbing and sniping it it's not in our dna Um i would hope that it never never will be that we would catch that and um and stamp it out. And because we're a communications company, you know, we're looking after telephone calls, we're looking after live chats. We've got to trust each other that we can communicate properly. And if we can't communicate as a management team, how do we expect that our PA's receptionists and sales guys are going to communicate with our clients? So we all have to be experts, if you like, at at being able to open our hearts and, and communicate effectively.
0: And all of that comes back to the first point you made, isn't it? Which is choose carefully. Choose really carefully those people on that team. You only have to look at the Money Penny website to see your culture. You can feel the culture on the website. And I know I know some people who know your business very well and tell me it's very, very authentic. But that starts with the top team, doesn't it? And making that just right choices.
1: It really does. And to say it starts with the top team, I really believe we are in a new phase of leadership here. There is only one version of us. There's no veneer anymore. We are either sat in our homes, we're in our jeans, we're riding horses. You know, we're just human, aren't we? So why come to work, put on a different set of clothes and be a different kind of person? I think work with people who can interact with you and understand us as a leader in terms of who we truly are. And I think that's just the best way to be.
0: That's great. Very, very helpful for all of us. Let's talk about the future a little bit. What's the, what are the biggest changes on your horizon, Joanna? None of us could have imagined what 2020 and 2021 would look like, but what's, what's big in the future for you?
1: Well, the the first piece on the horizon is I want to get back over to the States easily to be able to hop on a plane, go to the States with no big permission, no rigmarole and process. And um, we bought a business in February of 2020. So right at the beginning of the pandemic, we signed the paperwork, came back to the UK, expecting fully to be back there for, I don't know how long, you know, in March. Clearly we weren't. So I'm really desperate to get out there. We bought a new building so 30,000 square feet, literally on FaceTime. We had not seen this. Can you imagine in the past going to a board and say, don't worry, I found the perfect space. I haven't seen it, but it looks good on FaceTime. Just would never have happened so looking forward to getting out there and getting to know them a lot better luckily they're a really good bunch cultural fit um we've got good relationships but you know let's let's go out for a drink or something and then uh, get to know each other so that's critical we're always on the lookout for acquisitions but again it's got to be the right fit it's not just about the financials it's about the culture management team style the respect that they would have for their customers and, and from their customers um and innovating new technology there's so much to play with if you like that actually we can amalgamate create something that's much smaller businesses can actually use without them having to have a direct line into some of this technology that really is in the preserve of of the larger players so we're always trying to do things like that and to make them to create innovative new solutions for businesses Uh, an example of that is live chat So live chat, for example, during the pandemic is just, well, it's exploded, it's doubled our volumes because you're seeing consumers got different kinds of behaviors. So we're helping different industries. For example, law firms have really embraced live chat, which I never really thought was going to be a target market for us. Um, So they're just finding new ways of working. So it's up to them to keep up with the the mood and the shift towards hybrid working, the mood for um, outsourcing, and um, the demand for new
0: innovative technology. Well, it sounds very exciting. Endless possibilities um, by the sounds of it. And um, listen, one final question for you. Um, many of our listeners are people who are either thinking about perhaps becoming CEOs or, you know, certainly may work with CEOs on a very, very regular basis. Could you give us your last three quick pieces of advice for anybody who's aspiring to become a, a CEO What are your, what are your key bits of advice?
1: I would start and say, my first tip is it's not being a CEO. It's being a leader, a CEO is just a job title and anybody can call themselves a CEO, but if you're going to wear the shoes, go and do it properly. So decide what do you want to be? Do you want to be a leader of people or do you want to be a CEO? Because it's a nice fancy job title. So there's my first bit of advice. Take a step back and ask yourself why? Um, know your weaknesses and be very open about your weaknesses with your team. I think that people find this very challenging to say, I don't know, and really believe that one of the most important things you can say as a CEO is, I don't know. Um, so admit to your weaknesses, your team will help you with that. And don't be afraid to dream big. You know, if, um, if you've got a, a big goal for your business that you want to aim for, well, go and aim for it then. You know, don't get too distracted, but don't limit yourself either. And just be really, really confident in your ability.
0: Well, Joanna, from um, horse riding to buying buildings on FaceTime and um, from dreaming big to building the best teams, this has been a really, really inspiring masterclass. Thank you so much for your time. Congratulations, both personally and to your whole organisation on your success. We will all enjoy watching Moneypenny's growth in the uh, months and years to come. Uh, Thanks so much for taking time with us and hope to talk to you again. Thanks
1: for having me on the programme.
0: Well, easy to see why Management Today awarded CEO of the Year to Joanna. What a fascinating conversation, packed as ever with fantastic advice really for anyone in leadership. I was especially struck by the idea that the CEO should have a diary with lots of space to be able to be proactive, to be creative and above all to be available. Joanna clearly also highly prizes openness and vulnerability, that ability to admit one's weaknesses. And she prizes that clearly not only in herself, but especially in her executive team, who she's clearly chosen very, very carefully as the ultimate exemplars of Money Penny's culture. As with so many of our guests, Joanna cautions against wanting to become a CEO just for the nice, fancy job title. As she put it so perfectly, it's about being the best version of yourself, leading a business that's the best it can be, delivering a great product for customers. Thanks again to Joanna for a super inspiring session. And if that doesn't make you want to subscribe, then I don't know what will. Go on, click subscribe now. And while you're at it, give us a rating. Until next time, best wishes in all of your endeavors. Thanks for listening and look forward to welcoming you to the next episode of Meet the CEO.